Hi, I think Alejandro. That is. Is it pronounced correct? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. With a huh. with a hard A uh, with a uh, hard uh, the H? J uh, sounds like a hard H. So you you did yeah. it perfect. But uh, Alejandro would be more Java compatible. But Alejandro is also okay. I would no, say. that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, you're right. What was your first computer? My first computer, uh, same as many of your guests, was the Commodore sixty four. Okay, and. Um, how you got it and why you got it? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm ham radio operator since uh, I was 12 years, years old, something like that. And uh, the computer was uh, a nice addition to the to the uh, ham radio shack, and uh, you know uh, to handle uh, the the digital modes uh, uh, that were just starting because you know, we we use it for. Uh, Morse code uh, and uh, RTTY and and things like that. We didn't have even we didn't even have a packet radio and things like that those days. But I started with the Commodore sixty four, uh, just as an addition to the to the ham radio shack. The thing is that the Commodore sixty four made a lot of interference in the in the radio. So I started to turn off the radio and start playing with the with the computer, and I, I got. Uh, so what I understood, you use like long distance uh, radio to communicate right correct correct with uh, all over the world i i i spoke with over 285 countries or something like that those days I, what was the longest distance you communicated all, all over the world and the longest distance was uh, uh a nearby station in uruguay uh but going through the long path this was my question whether it is possible to go around you know Around the world to your neighbor. Yeah, you 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 can. It's not every day. You you get you get to put some power there, and 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 the conditions have to be there. But uh, it's very very uh, funny the way you hear to your your friend uh, fifty kilometers away uh, because you get some echo and uh, fighting and and noise and things like that. Very very uh, incredible that your your signal that is coming through. Uh, fr from your antenna is going all around the world, so it's very very nice. Yeah, and what is the latency then? Oh, you got quite some uh, latency there. It's noticeable, uh, probably close to a second or something like that. Because it is like forty thousand kilometers, but it's not it, like forty thousand kilometers. It goes back and forth between clouds and the earth, right? Uh, yes, the, between the ionosphere and uh, ionosphere and, and and earth. So it's quite mm -hmm. more uh, probably. I don't know, but uh, perhaps sixty. Actually. We could measure this, right? Absolutely. This would be an interesting home assignment for you right now, to measure actually the distance. Well, because it depends on the band, because uh, depending on the band that you are transmitting, uh, the the angle uh, of the mm -hmm. of those uh, uh, bounces uh, will be different. Ah, this is actually an art, because depending on weather or whatever conditions, exactly. you have to choose the right angle. Uh, well, uh, it happens uh, depending on the band that you are using. But uh, lower bands, it happens if you if you listen to uh, shortwave, for example. If you go to the lower mm -hmm. bands, uh, you get uh, closer stations because the, it bounces, uh, the, the angle is uh, higher. And with uh, uh, as as you uh, increase your frequency, uh, the angle is uh, closest to, to the to the horizontal, mm -hmm. and you get. To more distances. Have you ever got the idea to um, send 
computer noises over the network? Uh, noises? Uh, I mean, you know, the data set, the data set uh, signal. Oh, from, so from, the, from the commuter, you say? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually, what we used uh, for radio teletype uh, is was quite quite similar to to that. And then, and I have been uh, playing with the data set uh, because I, I got a friend that got got the Apple II, and the uh, mm -hmm. the audio in the Apple II was uh, different from the uh, the signals uh, to store programs in 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 the tape was different. So we we made a lot of uh, uh, tries to. Uh, Write on the Commodore and read on the Apple and things like that. Okay, uh, this is um, radio type. It seems like a standard. So it was like radio teletype. Yes, send noises. Yeah. Okay. So you could communicate Commodore with Apple machine. Oh, if you use a standard, yes, of course. Do you knew about that? Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, if you use a standard, uh, you you can go over the air and and you don't care what what's on the outside. Uh, you would receive uh, uh, news. Uh, for example, we we receive. Uh, Uh, Reuters and uh, uh, Telam was another agency that was uh, coming very strong. So you, one would uh, decode the, the the news just to know uh, the same news that you would see in the television, but uh, five minutes earlier. And it was uh, it was uh, quite exciting those, those days. Those those days. Where was it? As where you were located? That you you. Um... At that time, ah, uh, I mean, uh, well, I, I was, I believe, uh, always here in Montevideo, Uruguay. Ah, okay, always. So it was also your first attempt with the with the radio exploration. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And uh, the Commodore, and, the um, Commodore got me into into mm -hmm. uh, some uh, low level um, uh, assembler uh, because you know uh, those days, uh, especially in Uruguay, if you if If you wanted to play a game or something, you it wasn't easy to you you either um, type it from from magazines and things like that. Uh, but uh, but then sometimes uh, better games uh, came in in cartridges, and uh, it, I I I got pretty good at uh, at copying those and and and, uh, <laughs> and figure out how to copy the these 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 games so it's it was it was nice so um you play games but you were forced to do something useful or uh you know by by learning how to know copy the games and 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 write some scripts or or some basic code to to make it possible right uh well actually uh i, I didn't like to to play the the games but i like to figure out how they they were uh built uh i i was trying to You know the, the initial things that you do when you get a computer. You 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 get some code. You type it from 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 magazines, and and then one day you see that uh, there's a, a program that just says uh, two lines of code and says S Y S three two seven six eight, and you say, what is this? And, and this game is fast, and you got a lot of data that you had to to type. So that got me into into assembler and and and, and played a lot with. Uh, With with assembler code. So you started with assembler. You started coding assembler with Commodore, not basic. Two lines of, of basic, and I got uh, very fast into into uh, the sixty five ten assembler. And but how old were you back then? Eighteen, uh, eighteen. Okay, but um, I mean, how you can learn assembler out of nothing? Well, a friend of mine, uh, uh, two two uh, two years uh, older than than me. Uh, 
was studying at the university and working with main, mainframes, and he also uh, was into electronics uh, uh, with with me, and got mm-hmm. got me the first uh, the first uh, notions. And because I I was into electronics, uh, it was easier for me to understand. Uh, uh, input output ports and and, and the timers and latches and shift registers and things like that. It was natural uh, to 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 understand. And the sixty five oh two assembler uh, Commodore got the sixty five ten, but it's the same same uh, command set uh, was pretty simple. I never wrote assembler, so mm. how it looks like. So I mean, how to load assembler into Commodore. Was it like basic command to load it, or how, how, how you know? You can do it in in in, in basic. Uh, the, in basic, uh-huh. you get uh, you get a command called uh, data. So you put a, a line, for example, line thirty, and and, and you put data okay. and, and a series of uh, an array of very large uh, uh, set of numbers, and uh, you you then call a you put the data in a given. Uh, uh, Portion of memory, and then you call the SIS uh, SYS command command to jump into that, and and, and from there okay. on you're on you know something bad. You 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 could do that from the from the uh, disk drive and from the data. I didn't get a, a disk drive until two years or later or something like that. So I got the data set, which is a very slow thing, but uh, yeah, uh, it was very 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 interesting. How, how you wrote the data? I mean. You had an editor, so how how you wrote the assembler code? Oh, by hand. I will show you. I will uh, show you by uh, from Twitter some of some of my notes. I remember I, I got some notes uh, from my honeymoon. Uh, I didn't have a computer or a laptop or something like that. I got married at age twenty, and I uh, I got some notes from my honeymoon of uh, assembly code in in a paper for for something okay. I was trying to 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 do the, related to. Telecommunications and things like that. So, if, but this was before Twitter, right? Your honeymoon, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few days before before Twitter. A few days. Yes, absolutely. Uh, amazing. So, um, you learned assembly first, which is highly unusual. And um, so, what? I'm just curious. What What you did with the assembly? I mean, with the knowledge. So, um, well, the yeah, what the, you the first thing and uh, that that got me into uh, learning assembler was I want. To, I, I wanted to copy a cartridge for a program uh, for RTTY uh, communications, and there there was a and what 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 RTTY stands for? Is radio like, teletype, uh, an acronym. Radio teletype. Radio teletype. Okay. And and it was an, uh, for Morse code and radio teletype decoding. So so it could plug my 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 ham radio transceiver to the Commodore sixty four and see in the screen. Uh, that and I, I, a friend of mine got the 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 cartridge, but it it wasn't possible to buy it here. So I managed to write the, the to copy the cartridge to 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 the to a tape. Uh-huh. And then whenever I ran the program, it, it took fifteen minutes to load. Uh, it was an eight K mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. It took I, I don't know five minutes or ten minutes to to load. It would run for for a few seconds and boom, uh, it would crash. So I started to figure out why, and it took me months and months. And I, I printed the the, uh, the assembly uh, code. It was over hundred a hundred pages or something like that. And then I found that at some point uh, they did an increase of a memory location, and I saw it. Uh, I don't know twenty times. Uh, I got 
over that code, uh, increasing the, the memory location. But then I figured out, uh, I realized that one day that it was, they were increasing the memory location of the program that was written in ROM, read-only memory. So the increase would fail. And that was the trick to, uh, to protect the, the, the cartridge. So oh. I, I, I placed uh, two NOP, uh, NOP operations uh, there. So the increase wouldn't work and voila. Uh, it it worked uh, by the. This is actually an interesting approach, you know, to to protect you know from copying. I would say. Yeah. Uh, yes. The, uh, actually, they did that twice in the program. So I had to. One once uh, I I figured out the first one. Uh, it worked for five minutes and then crashed it again. I found it again. It took me several months. By the time I finished uh, cracking that uh, that cartridge, I I didn't get any interested in running it. I I. I was interested in, in, in doing other stuff with assembler, assembly code. So it was very interesting. <clears throat> so from my understanding, what they did is they increased uh, something in ROM and relying that it cannot work because ROM was not writable. And if someone would manage to change the memory, the program would crash because it would expect different value. This is what, what I understand, exactly. right? Exactly. So, okay. Well, a really cool idea, actually. Yeah, so I would say. It was. This is a inter- interesting um um, so I, I may, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know you, um, I, I can understand or, or your feelings back then if it worked, right? It was amazing. feeling. Amazing. So, okay. I managed, you know, to copy. Yeah. This is, uh, this is interesting. Okay. What, what happens afterwards? So this was already interesting, I would say. Um, well, what happened? Uh, I got married. Uh, I didn't have a, uh, uh formal qualifications. So I, I didn't have a, um, a job for marriage or for programming <laughs> for both. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine at 20, uh, at, uh, at 20 years old, I think I didn't have qualification for, uh, and, uh, neither of them. Okay. For, for, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't get a, a job, so I started using my my computer knowledge. I started to 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 uh, write some programs for 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 people uh, requiring some kind of uh, manage. For example, video clubs. But imagine writing a, a video club uh, for renting and, and 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 stuff like that in a Commodore sixty four. Mm-hmm. It was uh, painful. Uh, I had to to do a lot of assembler. Uh, to, to feed something usable to print invoices and, and things like that. Then it came the Commodore's uh, 128 with a little bit more, yeah. more memory and and uh, the 128 got uh, CPM, which was which was uh, because it, it, it was a dual CPU machine. It got the 6502 and the set uh, uh, Z uh, Z80. Uh, so. Uh, I started the so the one hundred. What are you saying that the one hundred twenty eight had a Z eighty CPU? Correct, correct. They get both. This is the same Lexic Spectrum. Exactly the same one, the same one. Uh, I thought that the C sixty four was uh, faster and better than the uh, ZX Spectrum. This was my understanding. Well, the nice thing about the uh, um, the Z eighty is that you could run CPM, and running CPM mm-hmm. you could run DBase two. Uh, uh, uh-huh. that that was before DBase three. I don't know if you remember DBase three. Mm-hmm. DBase, yeah. DBase. Uh, I I remember DBase. I know the version, but uh, DBase was huge back then. Well, uh, the initial version was on on run on CPM, and uh, I could write uh, the uh, 
same programs in 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 a language uh, slightly better than assembler certainly for for business applications mm-hmm. so then they went i went from uh then the, the ibm pc um, uh started to show up in in mm-hmm. here i i wrote programs uh, in dbase 3 then uh, when was it roughly? Which year was it? Uh, 84, 84, something like that. Whoa, okay. There's a long, long time long ago. Time ago. Yeah. Then 85, I, I went into uh, the Clipper, uh, Clipper 85, Clipper 86, mm-hmm. Clipper 87. Uh, and by that time, I uh, started into, um, uh, I wanted to use a modem, but there were nobody uh, having a modems here. So I, I wrote a little BBS software. Funny story about Clipper. <clears throat> Maybe five to ten years ago, so roughly like this, a, a larger company approached me and uh, they said, we have a problem because we've wrote, you know, the essential software in Clipper and Clipper doesn't work on Windows, whatever it was back then. There was like a switch, from, I think, to Windows, not 10, a version before 10, I assume. And the problem is Clipper, Clipper didn't run on this on this. Uh, Windows version back then and uh, for unknown reasons the manager of the company really liked Java and they asked me to help them to migrate to Java from Clipper I had no idea about Clipper <clears throat> and uh, the problem is they had no idea about Java because they were AS400 developers and um, so you, you can imagine there was a team of three and we tried to migrate the entire thing to Java and for me it was I would say this would never run. I mean, uh, this is Mission Impossible. <laughs> the interesting part is the manager of the company wrote the Clipper program back then. And um, and he had he knew exactly how it worked. All the formulas, calculations, he had everything in, ha- in his head. And um, so what happened is we he dictated me more or less how it works. I wrote Java code, but the Java code had to be simple. I was not allowed to create classes. So static, public static worked. So they understood, you know, there's like function, function, function. So I wrote very simple code like that. And after two weeks, it worked. And they were amazed. And then they maintained the code by themselves. The next problem was how we test the thing. Because um, I said, okay, I don't believe it is actually working. Because there are lots of calculations or business calculations. I'm not sure about the rounding, what is correct. And we got the idea with um, Excel. So we read Excel, invoked the uh, functions with a unit test. So it was like generic, like a parameterized unit test, or like generic test. And we had pretty good cut code coverage with Excel sheets um, provided by the business department. So we could just uh, read them one to one. And uh, the project was hugely successful. And the interesting part is they could maintain the software by themselves. And it was that simple. But if you will show the code to any Java developers and say, this is like not maintainable, you know, it's lots... A view classes, lots of static methods, but I think it's still working. And this is how um, it was like, because you say now 85, it's like, okay, the code was really old. I thought it was earlier, as or later than this, but I think it was from that era back then. And and what did you use uh, for the user interface? Because it was very easy to create. A, 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 the, the problem I, I found when I moved from, from Clipper to, to C was that uh, building the same thing using uh, courses, for example, uh, wasn't that easy uh, because you get a lot yeah. of tools uh, to create forms and validate uh, forms and uh, mm-hmm. input numbers and things like that. Th- this was the problem. Uh, what we did is uh, there was a basic swing UI, but I uh, recognized that we actually cannot compete. 
And what we did is we generated Excel. And this was actually the, the, the best idea ever because uh, we used back then the um, uh, pure object interface, Apache POI. Remember. And uh, with the XML version, and, and, and the business department really liked that. So we had a, we, we had a, um, a way to uh, read Excel, did some basic, you know, some, some minor input with Swing, and then export Excel again, and and this worked well. That's that's a great great approach. Yeah, great approach. But if you show someone you know the software, they say, okay, it's not crazy, not maintainable. And funny stories, um, <clears throat> it actually happened because the uh, one of the architects saw the software and say, this is now, this is not how one how how one builds software, and they tried to redo it, and uh, the problem was that the uh, only for the you know for the for the um, uh, um, reverse engineering or writing the use cases with UML, they spent months. There was like you know twenty people who try you know to to find out what the Clipper software did, and no one had an idea. Never worked. And the cool story is, um, with the manager, which was in the same office, we had a lots of fun, and we implemented everything in two weeks without you know any stress. It just worked. And on the other side, you know, huge team. Architects, UML tools, and case tools, and then nothing worked. You know, this was a uh, classic. But there was uh, some time where if you didn't write uh, the UML, uh, it looks like uh, the software wasn't wasn't there. But uh, uh, there's a long run bet- between the UML UML and and the code actually. Yeah, uh, what I believe is if some what you need is you know you really have to know um, the the business domain. And if you know the business domain, you are going to be successful because, you know, the technology, if you write simple code, you will achieve, you know, your goal. But if you don't know your business domain, it is really hard with case tools, UML or whatever, to somehow to, to gain the knowledge. It is just it just obfuscating knowledge. And I was in the lucky situation that I was in the room of the business department, so I could ask questions. And this is why we were highly productive. Exactly. If the manager would send me documents, it will never fly because I will have you know, to read the documents and, and, and send back something to him. We wouldn't spend two weeks, we would spend a you know, month. Exactly. What I really like about the, 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 the work as a, as a programmer, I, I don't consider myself a, a, a good programmer, but what I really like is that uh, you learn a lot from the, from the business because when you, when you go to yes. a business, you talk with the owner uh, and the owner of the business or, or the decision makers tell you everything about the business, how they make money, how uh, things work in, in different uh, type of business, or it could be an industry, and you get to know how a machine works uh, because they, they need an interface with, uh, with uh, something. And that's very interesting because you get, you, you get to learn uh, a lot uh, uh, of uh, whatever domain you you. you you enter and you you are lucky to 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 work with this is this is yeah you're nice. absolutely right so you actually the entire world is open so you can learn um and you can even if, if you like something you can stay in this domain or you can or you can move somewhere else so i would say uh you know it is really um really interesting profession absolutely now question what happens then after 128k uh, commodore and your photo video shops was it <laughs> successful oh yeah absolutely uh, uh, it was uh, successful uh, then uh, I moved into BBS the bulletin boards uh, and because there there were no bulletin boards here in in Uruguay I created one I, I, with a friend I, I wrote uh, the the code 
and uh, I started to add modems to the to the to the system. Ended up with uh, forty telephone lines. Uh, so a lot of people would uh, would it was like uh, some kind kind of uh, Facebook for the for 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 the day. You, we we got uh, email conferences, uh, teleconference, which was kind of IRC. Everything connected with the with the uh, with the forty telephone lines, so people will dial. Uh, to the system, then we started to add uh, news agencies with uh, listed lines to to news uh, uh, agencies to get some news and, and and things like that. Was it a project or your hobby or was what was it was it? a hobby? And then at some point we were spending so much money in telephone uh, expenses. Uh, uh, how much? Uh, Ten thousand dollars a month, something like that. And and it was a but how you can pay this? I mean, no, you can't. Yeah, but uh, we started to call be, before internet uh, was a thing. Uh, here we started to use UUCP uh, to to call uh, to a node in the in the USA. The node was called uh, CTS CTS dot com. Uh, provided mm-hmm. uh, UUCP services, so we would call overnight uh, uh, on long distance, very expensive calls. Uh, to give you an idea, I, I, sometimes I will I would sit uh, before the the modem, just uh, scared that it would hang, because if it hung, it would cost me a thousand dollars for 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 a call. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a it was a hobby, uh, and we we just tried to 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 charge to, to the users uh, to uh, be able to pay for these uh, these kind of things. And, and and it was very 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 fun, and I that got me into multitasking because uh, you know handling handling that amount of uh, telephone lines initially in DOS uh, that that is a, a single threaded uh, DOS and DOS, uh, mm-hmm. so it was uh, very very uh, painful. I used a library called CTASK that was ex- it, it was like some kind of real time operating system that runs on top of DOS. And that got me into into all kind of uh, early prob- problems with multitasking and resource uh, handling and queues and things like that. Then, and you wrote it in C. In C, yes, that was C. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that was what the uh, Borland C or, or yeah, or what it was C? It, the Borland. Uh, uh, it was uh, the initial version was in, in. I started with C using uh, lattice C. Then I moved okay. to uh, to uh, Turbo C, then Borland C. You see Lattice C? Lattice. Lattice. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's L-A-T-T-I-C-E. That was the okay. very first one. Okay. Uh, I, I used it to, to link uh, C code uh, with Clipper. So and and in order to do that, uh, I, I had to, to use uh, this Lattice uh, C uh, just to run stuff uh, faster. Uh, well, that led me to uh, uh, to trying to solve the BBS problem. I wanted to move to to Unix, and and but there, uh, those days uh, Linux wasn't wasn't even there. So what you got was mm-hmm. uh, Minix. I don't know if you remember Minix. Yeah, yeah. So I played with Minix. Played with Sino. Uh, Sino was uh, it's X I N U. It's like Unix uh, uh, reverse it. Uh, that run on, on DOS, uh, run um, uh, QNX, uh, PCMOS, I don't know if you remember it, uh, OS2, uh, 
did some stuff with OS2, then Cenix, uh, SSO, uh, Unix, and, and, and QNX, uh, and, and VMS. Uh, we bought, uh, bought, bought a, an old uh, micro bags, I still have it, and to, just to solve these BBS problems and ended up in, with Linux, the, the, the first version of that, that was a godsend. So, so you had a VAX? You bought a VAX to run VMS? Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I got two boxes, uh, the micro boxes. Uh, I bought them used, but uh, we, we run uh, uh, BMS and uh, there, there was a group called DECUS, DEC User Group, D-E-C-U-S, mm-hmm. And they got some tapes, and it was some kind of early uh, uh, public domain software. So, for example, I got the uh, implementation for UUCP for the BMS, and I ported it to run on on DOS. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was uh, kind kind of crazy stuff. Uh, I I wouldn't do it again. But how but- if it was a hobby? How you could afford this? I mean. It sounds like very expensive hobby, right? Well, uh, on the, on the side, uh, I, I I got a company. I and uh, we oh, okay. developed um, interactive voice responses systems, uh, IVR systems oh, okay. for for banks mm-hmm. and things like that. So we would connect uh, our uh, voice response system. We actually built the hardware, uh, the the uh, the PCI for 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 the for the PCs, uh, PCI boards. Uh, for the uh, interactive uh, interactive voice response systems, and we had to connect with the uh, mainframes, and we had to learn uh, esoteric protocols for Burroughs machines and for uh, uh, for AS four uh, hundreds, and 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 also uh, some older machines, some minis, uh, the Prime machines. Uh, I don't know if you if you know those. Yeah, so we would uh, put the the systems in the back. You know, this isn't that you call today and 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 would tell you the your your balance and things like that. But that was in nineteen eighty eight, eighty nine, and uh, it was quite uh, quite ex- uh, exciting. So, what we missed maybe have you started? So, what was between your school? And your company, or you just started, you know, to, to with your company. Well, I started with the company at uh, at uh, at age twenty, uh, so it was from okay. from high school to 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 the company. Yeah. Good. Okay. And was it your company or? or yeah, it was else? my my company with a partner. Uh, I always uh, uh, actually I, I had applied for a, for a job at a bank oh, when I was seventeen. And I didn't get any qualification other than, than oh, 17, 18, perhaps 18. Uh, didn't have any qualifications, uh, but I was into Assembler uh, already and, and into the Commodore 64, et cetera. And I got rejected. So I I had to uh, found my, my own company. What It was that or or, or nothing. And I still have the, the, the company. Oh. So actually, great. So, so you have a, your own company since you were twenty. Yes, I got my. I I I got two companies. I I I got one one company from from the eighties to year two thousand or something like that. When I founded the J Pos, mm-hmm. and then I J Pos, I always considered the project as as uh, professionally. So I I uh, quit my 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 old uh, 
partnership and started with with uh, with Jay Paul's as a company, and it's still a company today. It's really interesting. So, um, how you got the idea, you know, to 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 create uh, to found a company, your first company? I mean, it was twenty. So, it was it like obvious for you? So, okay, I would just do it, or um, I think it's a it's a very Uruguayan thing uh, that uh, you you either uh, the, the market is very very small. There are not not very much uh, job opportunities. So, you get to figure out how to mm -hmm. to to make money, and you either you you. You sell stuff in in, in 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 a shop, or you put a bookshop, or you figure out how to 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 sell uh, newspapers uh, or something. But it's it's a okay. very Uruguayan thing. It's not. Uh, it's very common here that uh, people has very small so, companies, but uh, there are thousands of very small companies. What was the the name of the first company? Compu Services. Com Compu, Compu Service. Service. <laughs> like Now, CompuServe. Uh, it was, it, it was kind of kind of inspired in CompuServe. Compu I, I liked it, the BBSs, and I I, I liked the uh, BIX. I don't know if you if you uh, if you know Bix. No. They, there was a magazine, very popular magazine, Byte magazine, and they got the mm -hmm. Byte information information exchange. Uh, you you had to connect using X25 uh, network, and it was very expensive, and and that was the reason I I, I wrote a, a copy of. of of the user interface or, or something similar from a functionality perspective uh with with uh with our bbs so so um but what the company was about what what you sold back then well, and was it successful well actually we didn't have a uh we sold the weird uh, uh Stuff uh, requiring computers. To give you an example, we uh, created an interface for uh, gas stations with the old uh, gas pumps, mechanical gas pumps. So we would put a uh, sensors inside the the gas uh, uh, gas pumps, and we would uh, connect that to a PC uh, to uh, to register the the sales and and. We built that that kind of uh, of stuff, and to, I, I I tell you that is uh, kind of crazy stuff because, for example, this particular project, we did that, and the the owner just had one PC, and he wanted to use the PC for some other stuff to run a, a I don't know Lotus one two three or something like that at some point, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. but he couldn't stop the PC uh, because uh, you know the the sensors would uh, be sending data to the PC. So we use a ZX81 uh, as a coprocessor to keep track of the of the counters. So you you can you could run uh, restart the PC or something like that and the 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 counters would be handled by the ZX uh, 8081. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. and and you build these sensors by yourself, or you bought yeah, these sensors? No, or? we build the sensors. Uh, uh, we build the sensors, and right, but how you can build a sensor? Oh, I mean. it's microswitch and, uh, and and installed in the in the in the gas pump, and it would send uh, sixteen uh, pulses uh, every half a liter or something like that. So that was the resolution that okay. we got, and the 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 ZX. Uh, um, ZX81 uh, uh, coprocessor 
was a nice solution, but uh, we needed a, a way to read from the, the, its memory and to actually load the program. So we did DMA on the, on the, on the 81 using the Centronics port of the PC. So the PC would actually mm-hmm. load the program, run it, uh, and 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 then uh, uh, read the the sensors. That kind of uh, stuff. Uh, this is crazy. So it's like you know uh, expert stuff. And how how long it took to imp- to implement this software? Over, probably uh, that was a problem that we 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 found the project that that, that we thought uh, would take uh, six months and then take a year. Uh, but it was very, very, very fun. The problem is that the next yeah. project was totally different, and 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 yeah, yeah. That's, that's as always in software, right? This is why it's not worth you know to build too much framework uh, infrastructure frameworks because every th- project is different. Well, I, I changed that with uh, with JPOS because uh, for for JPOS every project is based now every project that I have been working for the last twenty two years or so is based on on the same framework and, and solves the yeah, same. Yeah, but problems. the framework is not an infrastructural framework; it's more like a business domain framework. Correct. That is correct. Yeah, this, this is of course, but uh, you cannot use JPOS, you know, to sell videos again, right? Correct. Oh, sell videos, maybe it's about selling, but you cannot uh, for something different, right? To sure. implement gaming. Sure, games. sure, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so why you quit the company then? And why you started a new company? Well, because I I, uh, I wanted to uh, to uh, work 100% of the time in the in the JPOS project. I got, got into JPOS project because I wrote software. Uh, ah, JPOS is Java. Java. The question now. In the old company, have you did something with Java, or you start? Yeah, uh, I, I in the old company, I worked with uh, um, a POS terminals. Uh, you know this uh, uh-huh. very old uh, POS uh, terminals uh, written uh-huh. in in C uh, language, and uh, they had some very limited uh, stack space and processor, and uh, they were slow, etc. So when when I finished that that project with uh, over uh, four thousand terminals uh, installed in my in my country, I I saw the Java PC. I don't know if you remember the Java PC. It was yes, and I thought that it could could write a program uh, to run uh, a, a POS uh, with uh, connections with uh, uh, you know not not just this the small POS device, but a, a cash registrar. In uh, at a supermarket, stuff like that. That uh, those were our customers. Wait a second. Well, I remember Java PC. It was a spec. Was it a real hardware called Java? No, PC? it was an executable. Yeah, uh, it it was Java PC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and and mm-hmm. it, it would run. It would start on DOS, and it would run AWT. And it was uh, great for, for, for example, imagine a cash registrar at a supermarket where you need to to show the uh, the price and you need to connect with a barcode code reader or something like that so uh, was it not a professional java i have to look it up i remember the ex- was it the, the executable mm-hmm. was called java pc dot exe okay and and i started with that and then uh, which java was it um 1.0 uh-huh that, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, the project uh, was cancelled. Uh, the project, uh, I mean, Java PC was cancelled. So uh, the whole thing uh, that I was trying to to build, it was I was trying to build a virtual POS that you could run uh, out of 
a PC. And in, in order, are you actually aware of JAWS, Java OS, an open source implementation of Java operating system? No, it, it was uh, this was Java PC. I I run it. I I, mm-hmm. I will try to to find some some links for that. But then I I, I, I very fast moved moved to to just uh, Java, and I had to implement the ISO eighty five eighty three protocol that we use in the POS devices in Java. And that's how uh, JPOS started. Mm-hmm. What I experimented back then, it was two thousand five six. I have I opened it right now. It's called uh, JAWS from SourceForge, I, I, Java based operating system. And and I, I was able to boot it, but uh, never more than this. <laughs> and the Java PC, I, I I confused that with professional Java, and I think the professional Java like a precursor to maybe. Java E. Perhaps. Perhaps. I have to investigate the Java PC JDK 1.0 on AWT. This will make me curious because uh, this is something interesting. I need some links from you. Oh, sure, sure. I will I will try to figure out uh, uh, where, where where to get those. But I, I really remember running and it was amazing for because it was a DOS program that would run graphics uh, uh, on the Hercules uh, uh, card, graphics card. So it was uh, really, really great. You started with, uh, and okay, so what is your impression of Java and how you started with Java? So, I mean, back then, I think everyone was C. And why suddenly in the compute service company, you started with Java? I, I was uh, writing C and then C++. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with all the multi-inheritance and things like that, and segmentation violations from time to time uh, here and there. And uh, I wanted wanted to try this new thing with the, you know, the, the uh, we get the green threads those days. And and because we, did, we didn't even have uh, um, processor threads, it was green threads. Which is kind of similar to to the what we will have with Project Loom right now. This is what I wanted to say. This is like you know the full circle. Yeah, yeah, it's full full circle. It, it's a different thing. Uh, the Project Loom is yeah. quite more sophisticated. But we the green threads were were great, were inexpensive, and I really liked them. So uh, we got some some systems connected with uh, with uh, from uh, supermarkets to the acquirers to the card acquirers. And uh, I wanted to try uh, this new language because it was more more fun. Uh, I have heard about uh, Oak uh, and, mm-hmm. and couldn't get my hands on it. And when Java, uh, I think it was, uh, there was a version uh, after Java 1.0, there also was a 1.02, if I recall correctly. I'm, yes, yeah. JDK 1.02 was available. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was uh, great, but then I, I was running in Linux, so I had to use the uh, how was the name Black Blackdown or something. Blackdown, like yeah, Blackdown. Yeah, this is actually the Java port from Johan Foss. Correct. I used I used uh, that one. Then I got some customers running on uh, AIX and OS four hundred, so I had to uh, to to work around some problems that uh, the AIX version of Java had, and uh, with uh, the OS 400, I remember it was Java 1.1, and 
some things mm-hmm. would wouldn't. I was work. really excited about Java one one because the first time I think one one eight when JIT was introduced, the just in time compiler, and this was on. I had back then a German uh, laptop machine uh, called Peacock, and this JDK one one eight ran much faster on Windows ninety five. I think yeah, than than before. It was like a huge performance optimization or improvement, not optimization. Sure, sure. And then that uh, and your J JPOS software worked from day one on Java. So was it like yep. operational or you, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, actually, we uh, we got a contract uh, for a, a large uh, acquirer in my country that's still using uh, is still using JPOS, and they were afraid that uh, uh, they would have problems with uh, Y two K in two thousand. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to to throw away uh, their old code uh, that was written in COBOL and 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 some C and and so we had to write uh, J. Uh, uh, I had to write J. Pause in I don't know six months or something like that to get something something running and mm-hmm. but in order to do that uh, I needed an application server uh, to. Mm-hmm. To run the connections with the database, etc., and I used the Orion. I don't know if you remember Orion. Orion, Orion. Server, of course. It, it's yeah. great. Uh, this was a ni- nice server with a nice UI, and it was really easy to install. Absolutely. And I think it was created by the Swedish guy, right? Cor- there was correct. A, a students created the Orion server, and then Oracle bought them. And this was the first iteration of Oracle containers, I think. OC Oracle containers for Java, OC for J, exactly, OC for J. Exactly. Orion was mm-hmm. uh, was great Be- because before that I had been playing with, uh, you know, uh, EJB one dot zero that uh, they wouldn't mm-hmm. even have uh, XML files. You had to write to serialize your configuration. Java, Java classes. Yeah, exactly. This was domain driven design, right? The Java classes which were serialized and deserialized. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, they were. The- and there was a tooling. There was a Java class who actually the Java class which. Um, wrote and read the configuration from disk, the serialized uh, representation. Correct. If you think about it, uh, the the new uh, um, Amazon, uh, uh, what is that, ECS or ECS, uh, it's something like that because uh, you you can write your configuration in in Java and, and, and deploy it. But that was painful. The the .ser files were Difficult mm-hmm. to handle and, yeah. and things like that. Then it came uh, EJB 1.1, and that was the one I used. It, uh, it was very well implemented by by the Orion application server. It was very fast because they, they did some very good caching, and yeah. they also had uh, clustering support, etc. And it was lightweight of, I mean, the developer experience was also great. It was a small server. It started fast, great UI, lightweight and um, yeah, it was a great experience. So I single remember, jar, uh, single jar, mm-hmm. because you would run yeah, Java yeah. minus jar or you on the jar, and you are up in one second. So the, the problem that we started to, to to face is that as the system grows, uh, in um, systems that process uh, uh, payments transactions and and mm-hmm. at a fast rate you can't easily redeploy your application. So whenever you had to, to make a change, and, and a change could be uh, a field that needs, uh, requires uh, a, a, some constant 
constant value here or there, you would have to deploy your whole EEAR with the, with the wire inside the EAR, and it would take uh, mm-hmm. 15 seconds or, or seconds or 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. But if it fails, uh, it, it's another 10, uh, 30 seconds after that. So you have to do that uh, at 2 a.m. Uh, on, on a low traffic uh, day. And I went from, from that to uh, back to Java to SE, uh, and I wrote my own uh, application launcher, uh, taking some ideas from 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 JBoss the, uh, those days. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the JBoss um, uh, services that you JBoss would provide a very simple lifecycle: init, start, stop. And you could wrap them with JMX and decorators, right? Exactly. So this was like exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, but the problem that JBoss was 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 big, uh, and I wanted something. Uh, more simple, so uh, I wrote my uh, J uh, JMX micro kernel in uh, oh. with with that uh, with that uh, uh, lifecycle in it start stop and de- and deploy, and you could run. Uh, we have some systems running today uh, over one thousand different endpoints, and you can uh, modify a single endpoint, and it would start fast, and the rest of the, of the system continues to 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 run. These days, you could. What was the name of your server? Q2, and it is Q2. Q2. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the the first first version of of the software uh, of the server was called QSP, and that's a ham radio uh, thing. QSP means relay this message for free. It's a, a Q uh, okay. uh, for the Q signals, and this was QSP version two. I call it uh, Q2. And it's still running today. And uh, some people uh, tell us, hey, I want to run this with uh, 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 Spring Boot or I want to run. Uh, but uh, this thing is, is running and, and you can uh, launch Q2 from uh, Spring Boot or, or whatever. I, I ran it in Quarkus the other day. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, other than some problems with... Uh, with uh, J line that that uh, we use for the uh, okay. command line interface, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it works uh, uh, perfectly, and so we will continue to use it. We have a very large uh, uh, user base in over hundred countries running it. So um, Q2 will. So it's a really successful project, actually. What what you are doing? Well, I think so. Uh, I think so. Uh, really large companies wear. Amazed with uh, as a ham radio, I'm amazed uh, f- f- uh, when I get downloads and users from uh, small countries and distant countries and small islands and and things like that. More than a Fortune Fortune uh, 100 company that we also have as uh, okay. as customers. How big is it now your company, the JPOS? Is it like large company? Or? Well, uh, we are about 42 people. Uh, and wow, yeah, 42 is a good number. Yeah, Very yeah. good. The company is called Transactility because uh, as uh, as many uh, uh, open source projects, we have the, the, the open source uh, part and the mm-hmm. commercial arm of the open source where we provide services, related services, um, um, consulting, documentation, training, uh, and, and custom development as well and licensing of course this is an amazing story because what's um i'm actually speechless because you know you you are like consistently hacking software since you are 20 now you are 25 so uh, <laughs> at least five years right 
<laughs> the entire time. I'm, I'm, no, it is really interesting because it's a nice continuity what you did. It's like uh, this is unusual. Well, and it seems like you're still enjoying this. Well, uh, absolutely. Uh, what happens is that whenever I finish a program uh, and uh, it goes through production, I want to write write it again. And uh, under my terms, under my schedule, it's ready when it's ready, as we say in in in, in open source. And I write it again. So I finish a project for a customer. The customer pays, goes online, and I write it again. And and it's always uh, around uh, JPOS. So so it's uh, new ways of solving the same uh, uh, problems over and over and over. Uh, so I, I do this with uh, with JPOS and the ISO related standards and PIN uh, encryption and credit card uh, uh, EMV support and things like that as well as the accounting side, because uh, we have a card uh, issuing uh, uh, platform and we need to take care of the of the accounts and balances of the cardholders. We have some systems with, with uh, 1 billion cardholders. So uh, it's very, it's, that's very sensitive. So I keep running, I keep writing again and again, accounting system and double entry accounting systems. And, and this is what I, I enjoy doing. Actually, new versions of Listen, the same thing. It was uh, what I suspected that you are, you know, um, you wrote the paper and you have an, like a professor who maintains, you know, an JPOS um, open source project. But it's more interesting than this. My suggestion is we stop right there and I would like to reinvite you back and talk about architecture of JPOS, you know, more about history. Just focus on JPOS and Java. It uh, uh, and uh, so we can talk, you know, exclusively about that and and clouds, not clouds, Quarkus, JPOS, standalone Java SE, because really interesting topics. What do you think about that? Oh, that would be really, really great. And and there are new standards coming up. The ISO twenty o twenty two is taking uh, a lot of grip uh, around the world, and we're working on it. And so uh, that that's that's really great. And I really appreciate and, and learn a lot from your podcast. Uh, uh, to stay away of the of the uh, things like the uh, everybody's moving moving to Kubernetes and you are uh, you are making a very good point about using uh, the cloud own uh, mm -hmm. Kubernetes uh, services so I, I'm taking that uh, into into consideration as as well for, because we have some M maybe as a cliffhanger uh, for, to the next podcast um, it's not always true it really depends on the context but you have to have clear vision why you are doing something and why you're not doing something, right? <clears throat> I can envision or imagine that with your software, which runs perfectly on Java SE, maybe if you're on the public cloud, you're, it, maybe it would run the best on bare metal. So maybe in your case, so I, I have no idea, uh, maybe it is easier to rent EC2 machines, a few EC2 machines, a load balancer with your software, nothing on it, bare metal, and you're done. Maybe this is the best option. Sure. So in other clients, <laughs> we have containers, but it's like, business software. It's not like highly optimized product, more like a business software. Then what makes more sense is like containers with a simple to use orchestrator. And Kubernetes is an orchestrator, but not a simple to use one. So different options. Sure. And um, and uh, what I do right now in the Greenfield projects, we not use any containers. We just use serverless lambdas and the code is the same. So I would say the worst you can do is like, you know, um, like pick... Um, what call it? Uh, infrastructure just because it is seems to be like you know modern or popular without knowing why because then you have a high complexity which you have to maintain and no benefit for the for the end users absolutely i fully agree where people can find you on the internet 
A, Give me some, you know, uh, some references to your company. Twitter, to uh, to, to your Twitter, Twitter. it's mm-hmm. APR. A- APR. APR. Wow, you are the, the Twitter user number one. <laughs> no, not number one, but I, I, I've been uh, on Twitter for since 2007 or something like that. I, I usually yeah. like, when, when, when I can't find uh, uh, the APR uh, uh, nickname, uh, it means I'm very, very late. In, in GitHub, for example, I'm AR. Wow, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and YouTube? No YouTube. Uh, no, no YouTube. No, no, no YouTube. Okay. Uh, and, and of course, TikTok, right? You are the, 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 the oh, TikTok guy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you a lot. It was uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I was surprised about your consistency and, 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 and technology. So it was really fun. And we have to stop right there. Otherwise, we will talk for two hours more, I'm pretty sure. Sure, so this is sure. The problem. Thank you very much for your time and for your invitation. Really appreciate it. And humble. Perfect. Thank you.